Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Somehow, God is in me, and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. Many religions claim that we will all eventually be gods. The Bible says something so much better. It says, no, God will continue to be God. Man will continue to be man, but God will come upon man. No way! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go! It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag. Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Almost spilt. That's right. Almost knocked over my... Tropical Coconut Body Armor Light Beverage. Not that I'm bitter about that. Oh, not the spilling of it. Because it, I feel like, frankly, I'm drinking suntan lotion. It's because Costco didn't have the Vita water that they normally have. What's up with Costco? Huh? What's up with... Co- By the way, for whatever this is worth, I was at the Costco. Did I mention they didn't have my vitamin water? Hmm, hmm, hmm. And had to settle for Tropical Coconut. <laughs> what was the name of that? Of the, you see, when I was your age, we didn't put sunblock on. You put on oil that made you cook more. And it smelled like you were swimming in coconut milk. What was a sun, a tropical sun? Do you remember the name? Jimmy, you're a sunbather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I don't remember the name of it. Oh, it just, it had that coconutty sort of smell. And that's what this tastes like. (laughs) Did I mention they didn't have my vitamin water? So when I was walking into the place, the fellow handed me my mask and I said, "Um, I've got a question. There's not a mask mandate in the state of Georgia. Do you know in Costco, the authority in all things viral is going to stop with the mask business? And the dude was like, Bro, when you leave, you can take it off. I'm standing here for eight hours. Oh, I felt bad for him. I really did. Because, man, breathing that thing for eight hours. Oofta. If you've got a gig like that, I, oh, I don't, I truly, I I, I struggle with those bad boys. And I, he said they, they plan on lifting it. When? Maybe the end of the year. Oh, okay. All righty then. So thanks a lot, Costco, for not having my vitamin water. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.com. 20 calories in this, Jimmy. 20 calories. That's it. I don't know why. It tells me that it has natural flavors. I can't. No sugar added. Low calorie. Tastes like suntan lotion. <laughs> Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org, idea at wretched.org. All right, we're going to start off with one from several people. We get several emails uh, from a previous discussion you had about the doctrine of hell. You made this statement about a person's desire to be saved should be motivated by them wanting to go to mm-hmm. heaven Bye. and be with Christ. And many are asking if it's wrong in the early stages of salvation, if they're actually motivated more from a fear of hell. Yeah, that's a. Let me let me just start with with just a little bit of a warning for all of us on, on this particular issue that finds application 
in a lot of different ways. Watch your emotions. Be really careful about emotions. They're tricky little devils, and it is sometimes really hard to get to get a correct measurement of what it actually is. They can be so mingled. That's why we have so many words to describe different things. I mean, for the for depression alone, anxiety, worry, wart, troubled, anxious. Wow, which one is it? Well, they all kind of have little shades. Why? Because emotions have shades. And while we want to make sure our emotions are right, first of all, there's only one way for that to happen. The more our brain is filled with truth, the more our heart will exude the right emotions. That's how you know that you're feeling right, because they are biblically informed feelings. Second, if you're trying, and in this instance, this is very important, to figure something out that has a spiritual implication, do it, but carefully. Don't become so intensely introspective that you become consumed with self. It is a, it's a recipe for disaster, and it happens a lot. It happens with people, specifically, one of the ones that is the biggest one would be assurance. Am I say I don't feel saved? I well, some you know today I feel saved, and I uh, watch out for the feelings business. Yeah, you want to be mindful of them, but it you can't interpret feelings. All you can do is interpret the Bible. You feelings get really, really messy. So be aware of them. Repent when needed, but but don't get consumed by emotions. For instance, you commit a sin. Am I feeling godly sorrow? Or am I just feeling worldly sorrow? Well, there's actually a way to figure that one out. By the way, 2 Corinthians 7 is helpful. If you've ever felt like, okay, you know what? I feel bad about what I did, but I'm not sure. It's like Psalm 51 against you and you only have I sinned. Uh, am I really having godly sorrow? Because godly sorrow means I'm saved, but worldly sorrow means I'm like Esau or Judas Iscariot. And I don't want to be that. So then you dive into how am I feeling about feeling bad? about my sins. And you just don't have any sort of measurement for that. The Bible just doesn't give it to you. If you really, really feel like this, or if you feel like this 80% and 20%, because it is actually okay to have some worldly sorrow in a sense that you don't like the consequences. Yeah, you're, you're going to get put in jail. Yeah, I'd feel badly about that too. But Godly sorrow is something different. It's not horizontal, it's vertical. So what percentage do you have? Well, I, I, it's, six, it's 55, 45, I think. So I guess I got more godly sorrow than, and you're going to go bonkers. What is the marker to know that you're actually exhibiting godly sorrow? Action. You've sinned. You feel bad about it. Don't get too deep into your navel. You feel badly about it. I guess it would be bad. You feel bad about it because otherwise you just wouldn't be doing feeling well if it's bad. Lee, I'm sorry. I just got caught up in an adverbial swirl. But then you make it right. You do. You fix it. You, you, you clean the slate. You make good. You, if you want to, pay a reparation to the individual that you've harmed. That's how you know you've got godly sorrow. It, it works its way out in action. Let's talk about salvation. 
I've made the claim, based on Romans chapter 2, it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Now, if we're not careful, we're going to go, okay, so the only feeling that I should have had when I got saved is I'm thinking about how kind God is. I'm not thinking about hell. I'm not thinking about the fear of the Lord. I'm just, all I felt was that God was really kind. Then I'm saved, right? Okay, careful. Hold it, hold it, hold it. This is, this is, this is where we start weighing emotions too much. Yes, you should feel bad about your sins. Yes, you should be scared of certain things. Yes, you should know lots of different thoughts running through your head when you get saved, but included in the package. And what I would say should be the really the primary motivator is, he's my life preserver. He's my savior. He rescued me. Can an individual who got saved have more than just a feeling of God's kindness? And the answer is yes. Of course you should be scared of hell. I'm not saying don't be afraid of hell because I've made the statement that it is the kindness of God that should lead you to repentance, that we should run to the Savior, not because we're afraid of hell, but because he's been so kind to save us from hell. But I do not mean that you shouldn't simultaneously also be afraid of hell because Jesus commands us to do what? Fear God. Because not only can he kill your body, but he can kill your body and cast your soul into hell. So, yeah, that fear should be there. Oh, but look at how kind he is. And so it's a mingling. I believe that the predominant force, the emotion that we should possess predominantly is the kindness of God. Now, here's where many of us fall into this navel-gazing ditch. Well, but okay, then how much does that weigh versus my fear of hell? Because I really had a fear of hell. Because, yeah, yeah, I was glad about Jesus dying for me, but I was really kind of consumed with hell. All right, well, we, we don't have a scientific tool. We certainly don't have a biblical tool to measure what percentage you had at salvation. Don't get twisted into knots like that. It's good. Examine what were you feeling? What were you thinking? And I would suggest this. Let's just say you were terrified of hell and you heard about Jesus. And yeah, that made you glad in your heart. But let's just say if we're going to use some sort of formula, you had 70% fear of hell and 30% the kindness of God. Does that mean you're not saved? No. What it means is you can, you can ask the Lord to grow you in your love for him so that you do appreciate his kindness more and more and fear hell less and less. Please consider your emotions. It is important that we do so because emotions can be sinful, but we need to let the Bible guide us. And if we're not careful, we are going to fall into a never-ending swirl of examining our feelings, sensations, what was going on in our brain, to the point where you will lack assurance and joy. Measure emotions. Just do it biblically and very, very carefully. This is Wretched Radio. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared 
among MediShare members, which by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable, biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Are you tired of feeling like you're living in a world that makes no sense? Do you find yourself constantly questioning the meaning of life? Well, this Independence Day, you can change all of that and we can help. Can formulate a biblical worldview by picking up the Wretched Worldview Bundle. The Wretched Worldview Bundle includes Seasons 1 and 2 of Wretched Worldview along with their study guides. And with this bundle, you'll get a biblical perspective that can help you make sense of this crazy upside-down world. For a limited time, you can get the Worldview Bundle for just $29.99. So don't spend another day feeling like you're lost and confused. Just get the Worldview Bundle today and start seeing the world through a biblical lens. Pick up your Worldview Bundle right now by visiting wretched.org slash worldview. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Friend of Sinners. While we were dead in our sins and condemned as enemies, Jesus bore our sins in Himself so we could be reconciled to the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I knew it. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, I found out the name of the suntan lotion that tastes like the Costco beverage that I'm currently drinking called Tropical Coconut Body Armor Light. L-Y-T-E. Liddy? Why did, why did, what's wrong with light? L-I-G-H-T. Huh? You know, I, I don't know. Huh? What's, what's the matter with these people with their marketing strategies? I know, I know the name of the lotion. What is it? What, you're gonna you're gonna share it. You don't know. Is, is it <laughs> fine? The, then I'll tell you after I googled Hawaiian Tropic. Is that the one with the little boy gets his with the dog or whatever? No, that was what's her name. That that was that was the uh, that she's an actress woman who did stuff with Adam Sandler. I think. <laughs> Welcome to Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> The clueless edition, uh, not Brooke Shields. She's got nice teeth. She's because she uses good toothpaste. Apparently, 
No, it, uh, it's the girl, and she was, you know, yeah, the suntan girl, <laughs> and that would. But I don't, I don't think that that was that. That might have been Hawaiian Tropic, and uh, maybe it could have been banana something or another. I, I don't know what it was, but it was not that. This stuff you would put on your body to increase the voltage that you got from the sun, presumably making you browner. Today we have like SPF. 150, which I didn't know something could have more than what it can have at the max. But nevertheless, you got 150 SPF. This stuff was, how brown do you want to get in five minutes? And it was supposed to keep you from burning. But wow, did it make you look like you were a marshmallow that had been held over a fire for too long. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org, idea at wretched. Dot org. All right. Uh, this one coming from Anonymous. He wants to know what it means. I guess it's a he uh, wants to know what it means, what the Bible means. So patriarchal. <laughs> well, just I, assume. I just assume. Sexist. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Misogynist. Go ahead. Wants to know what, it, what the Bible means by being loud in praise. Uh, he says he's the type of person that has disdain for loud voices. It sets his nerves on edge. So how should he think about it biblically? Okay. Uh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout to the Lord. All the earth let us sing. A Darlene Check song, even though she became a pastor. Do we have to be loud in worship for it to be pleasing to God? And I think the answer to that is no. Is loud worship pleasing to God? Sure. But... Loud music alone is not pleasing to God. If a congregation whose heart is far away from the Lord sings really loudly, and we're nothing. How's about the congregation? They're mumblers. They they don't, but oh, their hearts are just filled with joy, or they 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 are being repentant in their heart and they're singing to the Lord. But it's not very loud. Which do we think is more pleasing to God? Of course, it's the latter. Jesus said that the Lord seeks those who worship in spirit, truth, and volume. No. So make your best sound to God. That's what you should do from a heart that is filled with the love of God in Christ Jesus. And we need to be so careful that we don't judge each other for that. We do because we... Let's let's when we think of spirit-filled worship, what do you think of? Loud, emotive, eyes closed. Hold on, that that doesn't mean any any of those externals can just be a show or they can be just what we do. God desires you to worship because you want to worship him. And if it happens to be loud, cool. If it's expressive, well, just have some bumpers on that. But don't judge somebody who doesn't do it the way that you do it. And send your emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Ellen. She wants to know what the difference between a heretic, a false teacher, and a pastor who just happens to uh, get something wrong is. Yeah, just that. Great, great. Heretic, false teacher, and a pastor who kind of biffs it on occasion. <laughs> and it's not a heresy issue. Now, that would be a fallible man who can sometimes goof. And depending on what the goof is or how constant the goof is, most of it we just let go. What's a false teacher? It is one who teaches falsely. So by nature, they do have to be a heretic 
that that is somebody who is deceiving people because he himself is deceived. And so false teacher and heretic tend to go hand in hand. But that doesn't mean that a heretic is a false teacher, because if they're not trying to propagate it, they just happen to be a you know heretic, then they're not a false teacher. So a false teacher has to be a heretic, but a heretic doesn't have to be a false teacher. Want to read more? Check out Second Peter chapter 3 mostly and the entire book of Jude. Don't ask which chapter with that one. And you will see the descriptors of what makes a false teacher a false teacher. There's typically three things. It, it would, they, they're motivations, I should say, for the false teacher. Uh, they want power. They like it. They like money. Or it's all about sensuality. And aren't we seeing a fair amount of that these days? Jimmy, I don't know if you you get all the stories that I do about this teacher with the, the false teacher with pornography and another one having yeah. an affair with somebody in the church. And it's like, yikes. Yeah, it's more and more rampant. It's more and more rampant. And Jude talks about that. That's that's one of the motivations of a false teacher. This is one more reason why if your church has kind of a blasé attitude about theology and not wanting to have a robust statement of faith. Ooh, 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 ooh. You're just asking for danger, Will Robinson. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org. Well, I've got another one from Anonymous, and I'm rightly assuming that this is a, a female lady. She's, it's, it's a tough one. She says uh, that she struggled with blasphemous thoughts ever since she had a miscarriage about five years ago. Mm. And she hates it and prays for forgiveness often, but uh, she questions her salvation as well because of her thoughts, and she was wanting some words of wisdom. Yeah, these intruding thoughts, these uninvited nonsense ideas that come zinging through our brains. I get them. Jimmy gets a lot of them. You no doubt get them. I mean, they just, it's like, where did that come from? I didn't want that. Okay, well, let, let's recognize that anything I do wrong, even a a wrongly fired synapse, I'm I'm going to take that. I'm going to own that. Lord, I'm sorry. I hate those thoughts. Thanks for your mercy. And then move on. Just move on. Move on. Take responsibility. It's sort of like like bad dreams. Okay, there's things you can do to minimize or eliminate bad dreams. You know what you eat before you go to bed what you watch, what you read before you go to bed, what you've been thinking about all day will typically manifest itself in dreams. So if you're thinking godly thoughts, you'll have godly dreams mostly. But you wake up and it's like, oh, that was really sinful. All right, own it. I know it's a dream. It was just your brain going ding, 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 but it's your brain. So I don't want to just put it into some limbo category. Well, yeah, it was sinful, but, you know, I am not responsible for it. It was just synapses going kafritz. Don't take it. Lord, I hate that. Please help me to do the right things so that I don't that I don't dream sinful things and then go to work and just start serving the Lord. Don't 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 let intruding thoughts, bad dreams control your life. Now, this has been going on since a miscarriage. Is it directly related to that all the time? Might be. It could be something that you let possibly it let your flesh kind of go with a little bit. So you were sowing a little bit, you'd, you'd entertained it a bit, uh, then you repented of it. Well, it, it could be that you're, you've got some things sprouting up. But if you faithfully just repent of the Lord, thank him for his mercy, and 
start filling your head more and more with non-blasphemous thoughts, they're going to push. They they just get shoved out. There's your brain is like one of those storage facilities. You go to rent it. And of course, you want the smallest one because, wow, those things are expensive. And you bring your stuff and you can't fit it all in. Can you just smash more in? No, it's maximum capacity. Your your brain is very similar. It's only got so much room for so much stuff. The more godly thoughts you have stuffed in there, there's room, no room for ungodly thoughts. That's the way that it works. I would also recommend this to this lady who is hurting. I'm sure you've brought this to the Lord. I'm sure you've laid this at his feet many, many times. Think about anything else in your life that maybe he's trying to work on. Is he maybe trying to drive you to your Bible more? To prayer more? Examine those things. Because even though they're streamer thoughts, even streamer thoughts do not happen outside of God's providence. These challenges, these struggles, they will either rub you raw or they will polish you up. It's between you and the Lord. I can't tell you. Nobody can tell you. You need to examine your heart. Ask the Lord to search your heart. See if there's any unconfessed sins. See where you're falling short, falling down, not taking advantage of the means of grace that God has provided for you so you can grow more and more in him. Do a bit of self-examination because you don't want to waste your blasphemous thoughts because God will use them to grow you in ways that you probably aren't even thinking about for yourself right now. How do I know? Because our God is good, and he never does anything to his children. He only does things for his children. He is not a wicked physician. He's a good doctor. He's loving, and he's caring, and he'll let hard things, difficult things, even wicked things he'll let happen in our lives to disciple us. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we stop first today in Montgomery County, Maryland, where it seems some school board members have been brushing up on their Orwell. They decided to introduce a sex education curriculum that claims that gender is assigned at birth and that there are many different gender identities. Unsurprisingly, hundreds of concerned parents are protesting, saying that the curriculum is less about education and more about indoctrination. But the supporters of the curriculum say, no, 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 it's necessary because we have to promote inclusivity and reduce discrimination. But in this rush to be inclusive, it seems like they've forgotten one simple thing, basic biology. Well, in the news of life, the Supreme Court's decision to allow states to ban abortions after 15 weeks has resulted in somewhat of a closure spree among abortion clinics. Over the last year since the decision, 66 clinics across 15 states have been forced to shut their doors due to new state laws and a decrease in demand. And obviously, as we've heard over the last year, supporters of murdering unborn babies have been loudly protesting the decision. But it seems to me that if your business can't survive, without murdering unborn babies? Probably time to reconsider your business model. And moving across the pond to the Netherlands, it appears that the line between compassion and insanity gotten a bit blurred. A government report that's been recently released reveals that between 2015 and 2017, three people with autism all under the age of 40 were euthanized, not because they were terminally ill, but simply because they had autism. The borders of euthanasia argue that this is about ending suffering. Is it, though? 
Is it about ending suffering or is it about ending inconvenience? Well, if you've been paying attention over the last couple of years, you've heard me report several different times on the mass exodus of churches from the UMC. It appears that more than 6,000 congregations have decided to disaffiliate over the last couple of years following the church's decision to discuss changing its stance on same-sex marriage and the ordination of LGBT clergy. Please continue praying for our Methodist brothers and sisters. Well, up north in Toronto, that's Canada, police have adopted an anything-goes policy when it comes to public nudity at annual pride parades. Despite concerns about children being exposed to the liberated display, police have decided to drug it off. That's right, callers who call to report that children are being exposed to nudity at these parades are saying, not against the law at pride parades. I didn't know that indecent exposure was legal as long as it was within the confines of a parade. Hopefully nobody tries this at the Macy's parade. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy X. Attributes of God. Can a loving God be wrathful? If God loves righteousness, loves people, and wants what is best for his creation, he must hate what runs contrary to his will. God must always respond to sin with wrath, and his wrath must be satisfied. It is either satisfied on the cross, or each person will bear God's wrath eternally in hell. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Send them, please. Send your emails to idea at wretched.org with questions, comments, conundrums, or snarks. Please, ixnay on the airing sway, my unsaved friends. And as long as you're sending things, we love stories, we love videos, we love whatever you think is wretched. Send to idea at wretched.org. Well, this one comes from Zach, who says that all of his life he's dealt with panic attacks and anxiety. And he's wondering if he's living in unrepentant sin for struggling with panic attacks. Uh, That is a really good question. And I want to be really careful about how I answer that, because typically when we hear about unrepentant sin, you jump to 2 Corinthians 3, 8, 9, and that means you're of the devil. And that, I don't think, is your case, Zach, just based on a very short email, that if you have panic attacks where your body just suddenly takes over and you can't control it, or you go into a state of fear, panic, trembling, sweating. Could there be something that is biological? Yep. You want to check that out first. You really do. It could be something that is biological. Whenever we're dealing in biblical counseling with emotional issues, the wise biblical counselor will always ask, when was the last time you had a physical? When was the last time you had blood work done? And you then could encourage them to go take care of that. Now, having said that, Even if there's a biological component that is involved, there must be something still going in the heart of the human that allows them to do that behavior and activity. So it still will need to be addressed. And when it is something like a fear of man or just a a phobia or ongoing panic attacks, I would would phrase it this way, Zach, and and this this is designed to be helpful, not to imply that you're not a believer. But yeah, there, there's there's probably sin going on, but it's stuff that you need to work through. This is discipleship. This is not disqualification from the kingdom. 
This is discipleship. And I would encourage Zach and all of us, when we are confronted with an area in our lives that is something that needs to be dealt with, see it as that opportunity for sanctification. Okay, now I know about this thing. God has the power, the strength, and the faithfulness to help me with this thing. Let's get on it so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. So most likely, Zach, there's stuff going on inside of your heart that needs to be plumbed, dug out, revealed, put on the surface so that you can address it. What is that? Don't know. Don't know. That is where a wise biblical counselor comes in. By the way, if you want to learn more about biblical counseling, biblicalcounseling.com, biblicalcounseling.com. And as long as I just did a shout out for biblical counseling, two things. Drive by by biblical counseling three, available at wretched.org. It's brand new, hot off the press. Got one right here in my never before nicotine stained fingers. 62 biblical counseling lessons before you get to work each day. And also... Casting call mentioned that we're doing a biblical counseling show. It's going to be the bomb when you see it. And we could use your help. If you're struggling, perhaps with panic attacks, anxiety, emotional issues that are just getting you weary. Would you please consider participating in the show on camera where you can be counseled with a biblical counselor who will help you with your issue and you'll be helping others as they watch you have the Bible applied to your situation. Would you like to help others in that way? And perhaps along the way, get some help for yourself. We would love it if you'd visit wretched.org slash casting. Wretched.org slash casting, as in a casting call. We got it, Friel. And fill out the form and we will get a hold of you to see if we could be doing this together at the end of May so that we can get this TV show up and going, because I'll tell you, it is, it's just going to help a lot of people. I don't mind telling you, it is going to help a lot of people. And as long as I'm doing plugs, let me do an inverse plug. If you're a gospel partner, um, you're the reason that we can do these things. We're working really hard to do Road Trip to Truth. We've got season two. Season three is in the works already. And we are also working, we've got a new resource coming out this fall. I can't tell you that it's called Wretched Worldview, where we tackle 22 really tricky issues with Dr. Owen Strand with a study guide. I can't tell you about that at the moment. And also this biblical counseling show. Why do we do all of this? Because we think that we should take advantage of every single opportunity we have while we have these advantages to preach the gospel using social media, TV, and radio So we are just gunning it to get it out there. And if you're a gospel partner, please know you are a part of this effort. So thank you. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org. That was impressive. Thank you. That was like five plugs in one. Thank you very much. Not a record, but not bad. You've been practicing? A little bit. Got stuff to, you know, time to kill in the car. (laughs) Well, uh, Megan has a really good question. She says it's her understanding that the current Jewish church Uh, though uh, under the old covenant law, no longer practices offering sacrifices for the forgiveness of sin. So how do they approach that issue? It's a Jewish church? The current Jewish church. The current Jewish, how do do they deal with it? Yeah, right. Well, you're you're Jewish by ancestry, lineage now, but when you repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ, you're a Christ one, you're a Christian. First time it was used, Antioch, I believe Acts chapter 10, maybe 11, and that you're a Christ one, you are a member of his party, and that, our, that, that that is your identity. You are a member of the way. 
Sacrifice is done. If you're not convinced of that, go read Hebrews 8, 9, and 10, and you will see the sacrificial system. It is blot O. We have one sacrifice for sins, the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, watch this, Jimmy. I think I'm preaching on this subject. April 25th at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Bryan, Texas, right there by Texas A&M. I think I'm working on it. It's not done yet. Working on it. Paul says something somewhat regularly, that he reasoned with them from the scriptures that what? The Messiah must suffer. Strange, isn't it? Why that? And how did he do that? And where did he go for that? And I would suggest to you, probably the primary place was the sacrificial system, the shedding of blood, the shedding of blood, the shedding of blood. Never covered sins rightly, never forgave them, merely covered them That's what Yom Kippur, Qatar, covering is about. But it never forgave sins. And so we needed the Isaiah 53 lamb sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. So that once for all sacrifice means all the other ones are gone, gone, gone. And I'm not sure if if this, in reference to the Jewish church, um, I'm not exactly sure what that's, that's referring to. But please note There is a movement in Christianity called the Hebrew Roots Movement. Be on guard for those movements. Be very, very cautious. Now, there may be one out there that is sound. I haven't run into one yet where they have not confused the law with the gospel. When they talk about the sacrifice, it wasn't once for all time. They talk about living still underneath Old Testament laws. They do not have freedom in Christ. I haven't met one that is not a legalistic system. And one of the ways, one of the ways that you can identify somebody who might be in that movement is they refer to Jesus as Yeshua, Hamashiach, because they believe that that's his Hebrew or his Aramaic title. Therefore, we should only use that. That's typically a sign somebody's involved in a Hebrew roots movement. Be very, very careful. And please send your emails to idea at wretched. Hey, let's expound on that uh, that a little bit, uh, because Jasmine is wondering, why do we as Christians say that most Old Testament laws are fulfilled in Christ, but still adhere to others? That's a great question. You've got to deal with the laws somehow. I would encourage you, read Hebrews 8, 9, and 10. It abolishes the legal code. Now, There are some people who say, no, it only abolished some of the laws, but not others. They would be be somebody who would be a tripartite law person, that there are three types of laws, three columns of laws, civil, ceremonial, sacrificial. Sacrificial, yep, we admit that that's gone, yep. Uh, civil laws, well, maybe some of them, but um, the the, the moral laws would be another column. Uh, The moral laws, they, they stick around. Okay. Um, you're probably going to get to pretty much the same place as I would, but because I don't adhere to that system, just because I don't see that Hebrews 8, 9, and 10 says these are the, this, these are the three columns of the law. If I'm not mistaken, that's a really modern framework for understanding the laws. I, I'm not sure there's any uh, rabbinical writings on this, anything in the Talmud that might describe it. I, I just think it's kind of a modern way of dealing with the laws. Because we recognize the moral laws should come forward. Uh, I, I, I don't think that's the ideal system. There's two options for you. One is that every single law in the Old Testament is in place unless the New Testament says it's not. Or, and this is my personal, 
Everything in the Old Testament is gone unless it's reiterated in the New Testament. And I also then apply a grammatical historical hermeneutic to say if I read something in the Old Testament, even if it is a civil or ceremonial law and it has a principle which applies for all times in all places because God never changes, then I carry that forward too. And so I would encourage all of us, figure out which one of those three methods works best for you. At the end of the day, none of us are heretics because we disagree. We're going to have some stuff that we're, we, we've got some different shadings on. Probably the Sabbath will be a big one. But nevertheless, figure out how to deal with the law, and then you will know how we apply moral principles from the Old Testament. This is Wretched Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds. 54,000 babies were saved. 69 ultrasound machines were placed. 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash hey, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to Wretched Radio today. Your support means the world to us. Literally, because it's your support that helps us to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we appreciate your support, whether you're buying resources from the Wretched Store, whether you've donated to us in the past, or whether you're an ongoing monthly gospel partner, it all matters. And we want to express our deep gratitude for your contributions. However, we do also want to extend an invitation to you to consider becoming a monthly gospel partner. We're looking for individuals who share our passion for spreading the gospel and who want to help us reach even more lost souls. And you might have questions about what it might look like in your life for that to happen. We've got answers. Wretched.org slash donate is where you can find those answers. Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God it's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Books of the Bible. 
The book of Revelation describes visions given to the Apostle John by Jesus Christ concerning the consummation of history. Its symbolic style makes Revelation a mystery to many. But you can understand much by asking what are the setting and action and who are the characters when you wonder how it's all going to end. God has given Revelation just for you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Wretched Radio. Oodles, O booklets, are flying out the warehouse door here at Wretched Radio. And wow, are we grateful. We're moving the warehouse, and that means everything inside of it has to go. We either ship it to you now, or we have to carry it later. We prefer the former, and many of you have been getting lots of booklets. And I have to tell you something. This, this, I, I don't. I think you some some people might be able to relate to this. One of my favorite places to work in this ministry. There's all kinds of rules here at Wretched Radio and TV, and we do Road Trip to Truth, the new biblical counseling program, social media stuff. So you got marketing, and you've got IT, you've got production, and all the varieties of people there. You've got Jimmy, special category unto himself, what I do. You've got finances, the legal stuff, all of that. And then there's the warehouse. I love working in the warehouse. I really do. It is actually special time for me. In fact, anybody who joins the crew, we try to encourage them. You need to work in the warehouse for a day because we actually see that you trust us enough to order something from us. And when we see booklets go flying out the door, because we're having a sale right now at wretched.org on booklets, so it's not too late for you. We just we, I get to go, cool, These bo- somebody's going to take this booklet and give it to somebody who needs to hear the gospel. And that just, well, that just warms my cold conservative heart. So thanks if you've been ordering those booklets. If you haven't, you might want to get on it. Lickety split. The Man Who Split Time, 13 Reasons Why You Should Not Commit Suicide, excellent for campuses. You're going to get in conversations with that bad boy. There's Don't Stub Your Toe, Are You a Rotten Fish, and Don't Forget What Time is Purple. It's all at the Wretched store, all on sale, wretched.org. Send your emails to idea at wretched.org. So Marilyn says, if a person goes on TV and talks about uh, being taken to heaven thousands of times, and describes what our homes will be like there. Is there anything in the Bible that would refute that claim? Yeah, that would be John chapter 3, the words of Jesus himself. He kind of put the kibosh on the heavenly tourism business. These people who make these claims, yeah, I've been to heaven. I've been to, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Wow. Whoa. Wow. What does that even mean? That was a song. I bet there was a 70s song, if I'm not mistaken. I, I Googled it once because, you know, <laughs> I, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Anybody? Anybody want to explain what that means? You know what I've been noticing lately? When I hear people answer questions or make comments about something, we were watching. Oh, what was we were watching something. It was a thing about the deal. And, and oh, I know it was about Ernest Hemingway. Uh, not a fan, but I thought, okay, I'll watch this, this PBS special. It's the one where Peter Coyote, he's, he's the, not, not, not the guy with the, you know, with the rascally rabbit and the, and the wolf that chases after him with the anvil on his and the woodpecker. Not that's Wiley Coyote. That's something completely different. This is Peter Coyote. He's got that great voice and he narrates all these specials and it was about Ernest Hemingway. 
who was a man who, among other things, besides being, you know, a sinner like the rest of us, traumatized in war, hurt his head multiple times, ultimately took his own life. And it was fascinating just to learn about this guy and why he ultimately ended up being so bleak because his his God disappointed him and broke his heart. You know why? Because his God was writing and all that encompasses. So his God, his deity was not the Lord Jesus Christ. That means he will go and get your heart broken by your idol because they always break the hearts of their worshipers. And so he saw no reason to continue living and he took his own life. And the people were commenting on it several times. I just went, what? What is what is that supposed to mean? And people do it in a cadence where it's like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. But you stop and listen to the, what they're saying, and it's like, uh, uh, what? Well, you know, Ernest Hemingway discovered that sometimes when writing about others, we find ourselves in the midst of the understanding of the knowledge that it brings when we do this. Um, what? Did I... I know you had verbs and nouns in there, but what are you saying? And I've been hearing that a lot. Jesus, on the other hand, was not that confused. He was not that unclear. In John chapter 3, little discussion about who ascends into heaven. Only the one who descended from heaven. In other words, Jesus is the only one. The only human being who has gone to heaven is Jesus Christ. And furthermore, a second verse to back it up, even though it's not as clear as John 3. Just read the whole John chapter 3. It's a great chapter anyway. You'll stumble across it. Maybe 316, something, 24, somewhat 82, 91, whatever. It's in John chapter 3. Who is the first fruits of the resurrection? Who is it? Jesus. First fruits of the resurrection. There can't be anybody who's gone before him. And the, the, the next group of people, the harvest that comes in is going to be his elect church, not people who zip up there, come back down and write a book or make a movie out of it. So for two reasons, nope, no, three reasons. So often these stories, I know that they tickle ears. I get it. And I understand why you want something that that causes you to go. Yes, what I'm believing in is sound. Somebody saw it with their own eyes. You've already got that. It's called the Bible, period. And it is sufficient. And when we gobble up stuff because we need more encouragement, we need something to help us feel better about our faith, then we are not relying on the sufficient word of God. So for those three reasons alone, I'd say ixnay on ipsta heaven tray. I think I did that right. That was Send your emails to idea at wretched.org. So this one comes from a Christian in West Virginia. That's all she wrote. But she is wondering if she would be usurping her husband's authority if she has more zeal for actual ministry than he does. No. I mean, not, I'm just looking at that question on the surface. No. Now, having said that, what role are you usurping? Each individual conscience needs to be clear on these issues, how we go about serving the Lord. Now, when we're married, we suddenly have other concerns, don't we? You've got the other part of your body, your spouse, because you're one now. And so you want to make sure that even your church activities aren't annoying your spouse and children because they are our first ministry. And so working together, you should be able to find that balance. And you are not necessarily usurping his role unless, of course, you're usurping his role. Might that look, though, 
got to be careful about this because here could be what she's what this this believer in Virginia, West Virginia, West Virginia, West Virginia. That's different than Virginia in West Virginia that this is this woman is finding herself having to lead the kids in devotions because dad won't. Are you usurping his role? I wouldn't call it usurping, especially if you're willing to give it up. But if you're having to to step in because there's a vacuum and the hole needs to be filled, I don't think you're sinning. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org. And this is another anonymous email. Uh, she, uh, or I'm not, I don't know why I said she, but uh, it. yeah, this person wants to know, can a true believer of Jesus Christ be demonically oppressed? Define oppressed. If you mean possessed, no. Can a Christian get nattered about by a demon? Sure. But a demon cannot dwell inside of the heart of a genuine Christian. The Holy Spirit lives there and he does not accept roommates. That means if you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You do not have a devil too. That doesn't mean that he can't go about his wiles to deceive you, to discourage you, to rob you of assurance, but he cannot possess you. If you know somebody that you believe is, what is the remedy? It's not bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. It's not holy water. Please do not call Linda Blair's friend. Instead, preach the gospel to that person. When they repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ, guess who lives inside of them? The Holy Spirit. That means guess who has to scoot? A demon. That is how we deal with demon possession. Not through mystical practices. Not through trying to talk to the devil, shoo him away. Preach the word. And let the Holy Spirit dwell there. And please send your emails to idea at wretched.org, idea at wretched.org. All right. What is the explanation of God killing whole people's families and children? Rather than kill, these people died. Okay, let's just that I'm I'm not saying that you can't use the word kill, but let's just say these these people died in the Old Testament, they died. And we maybe have a tendency to think, well, it was too early. They were younger, they didn't die of cancer. They, and so God took their life. All right. They died. Who's responsible ultimately for when you die? God. When can God make a determination that a person or people are going to die? Whenever he wants. Life is a gift from him. And when he chooses to take it away by any means that he ordains, it is his prerogative. And he does it rightly. And so when we read about these things in the Old Testament, frame it from the standpoint these people were sinners and God's patience was up and God had an agenda and he made the decision like he would have. It could have been 30 years later, but God is ultimately still the one who is going to be the one who brings them to judgment day. And so God isn't unjust. He's not a terrorist. He's not a megalomaniacal dictator. He's benevolent. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.